Welcome to the Totally Random Show. I am your host, Dean Lentini. And before we get to some of the awesome stuff that we're going to be talking about today, I have some stuff I need to talk about. We just started. Uh, this is a brand new podcast, just about a week old. Basically, all it is is me, Dean, just talking about some of the things that I am interested in, that I care about, just as a nerd. And so most of those things are comic book heroes and some sci-fi stuff, movie news, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. And as we just started, I'm trying to hit the ground running and trying to make a name for this podcast. And with that, I need help. I am one guy. If you like this show and you want to see it grow, maybe get some more people on the show, some interviews, stuff like that, I need your help to do it. So, here's where I need some help. If you could subscribe to this podcast, you might have just hit the download button. I need you to hit that subscribe button. That helps me a ton. And then, if you write a review, give us five stars. Please give us five stars. None of this one star thing. I need five star ratings and I need some reviews. If you guys could hit that up and just, just overload the iTunes system with reviews, that would be amazing. That goes so far to helping my ratings go up, and this show uh, gets more popular, gets more viewers, and with that comes comes more notoriety to where I can make more stuff and get more people on the show. So I need your help to do that. Uh, another way you could help out our show is by following me on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show's Twitter, which is at TRS Podcast on Twitter, or you could follow me directly at Dean Lentini, that's D-E-A-N-L-E-N-T-I-N-I. I feel like I'm going to the DMV. All right, well, I'm done begging. Thanks for listening and downloading this podcast. Let's get right into it. All right, today on the show, I'll be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer uh, that just came out last night. And some more movie news, including casting of the new Terminator movie, the reboot that's going to be coming out in 2015. And in the new uh, What the Poop segment, we talk about Shia LaBeouf and how he's doing with his life and the weirdness that has been happening. He's just gone crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but he is insane. He's crazy on loco beans. Also, we'll be talking about some Star Wars cartoon news with the Rebels series coming out uh, in the fall on Disney XD. And later, I'll make you feel horrible about yourself if you're not watching Arrow. All right, that's a lot of stuff. Let's get into it. Let's start off in movies and talk about that trailer. How awesome was that? It was great. I've been looking forward to this movie, and now I'm looking forward to it even more because it is so different. In a world, or as some might say, in a world, where we have so many dark comic book movies, this could have been that. It really could have. If you look at the characters and look at their backgrounds, it could have been a really dark comic book movie, but instead, it looked like a comedy I mean, they even had Hooked on a Feeling playing in the background. Uh, They took these characters and uh, realizing that not a whole lot of people know about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they really play off that well. Everyone knows Iron Man and Hulk 
and Captain America. But no one knows Star-Lord and Gamora. They might know Rocket Raccoon just because he's a talking raccoon. And we'll get to that. But no one knows who the rest of these guys are. So let's talk about some of the stuff that we saw. Overall, I thought it was a great trailer. They showed a lot of the characters. And that, that's one of the big things about this movie. There are so many characters in it. Because essentially, it is the size of an Avengers movie without all the build-up. Without the Captain America, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, and then, ultimately, Avengers. This is just like the Avengers just coming out on their own. So there are a lot of characters that they have to show and build up. And they do it in a very interesting way. If you've been watching any of the announcements that have been coming out about Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll notice that it's usually centered on that one picture of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So you got Gamora, Star-Lord, then Rocket Raccoon, Drax the Destroyer, and then Groot all lined up in kind of like this mug shot. And everything has really been built around that as far as publicity for this movie. And they build the trailer really around that. It's a good way to introduce the characters and say where they're from, uh, what they do, and how they fit into this ragtag team. Alright, so they build it up that way. And so it's really the Nova Corps who are talking about these characters. And it was really cool to see them, especially Roman Day who's kind of like the head guy for the Nova Corps. But there wasn't anything done about the helmet. That is what makes you uh, part of the Nova Corps, is the helmet. And we didn't see any of that. All we saw was the little side view of the helmet sitting on the console as Roman Day was talking about these guys. But, I mean, other than that, they looked pretty cool. They had like kind of like the Brainiac symbol on their chest, all glowing and whatnot. It's pretty rad. But anyways... Uh, that was like the center of it, but they showed uh, Karath, the Pursuer, uh, and he looked really awesome, played by that same guy. He's in almost like every movie, but he's in like Blood Diamond and The Island. He's really good, and he played it really well. Who are you? Star-Lord. Who? Well, Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw? Forget it. In other words, no one knows about these guys. Some of the other characters that were shown, other than the Guardians of the Galaxy, I want to save those guys for last. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a scene where Drax the Destroyer was held up. Someone was Darth Vader choking him, if you will, like in A New Hope with Captain Antilles. And he holds him up and uh, obviously showing his power and there's a hammer in his hand. Uh, so that's obviously Ronan the Accuser, but nothing else was shown about him which is kind of interesting. I thought he was going to be the main villain in this, but it looks like it's going to be more of like the hands, if you will, of Thanos going after these guys. So they showed Ronan the Accuser, and then they showed the Collector for a second. He looked a lot better than he did in Thor The Dark World. I know a lot of people were saying, wow, that guy looked really weird and really out of place, and he did. But he looks better with the color grading in this movie and he had his glasses on and it looked it looked like he was surprised so i think it might be there might be a plot line of someone breaking into his collection and maybe taking that ether cuz he looked very surprised but then of course there was nebula who's played by karen gillan who all the nerds will know and uh i might lose some people on this but i'm not a doctor who fan <laughs> but she's from there 
Karen Gillan got really famous off that role of Amy Pond, and now she's in this, and she looked really good. Uh, she, she's obviously an assassin sent by Thanos. There's a couple different scenes. There's one where she is holding a Nova guard about to kill him in the prison scene. And then there's another scene between her and Gamora having like this big showdown. Now, if you know the history of these two characters, you know that they're both related to Thanos. So it might be like half-sisters. So sister versus sister, which could be really cool. A lot of people immediately went, well, there are the two girls, and they're going to fight it out while the men do the real fighting. I don't think this is some kind of sideshow uh, to the main event. This seems like the main event. Uh, Gamora is the most dangerous assassin in the universe. That's what everyone knows her for. And then this Nebula looks like she's pretty kicked butt, so it looks like they're going to duke it out, and that will be really cool. All right, but let's get back to the actual heroes, the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's Drax, the Destroyer, played by Batista of WWE fame, and he looked really cool. Uh, some of the ceremonial scarring on him, I wasn't sure how that would work, but it looked really awesome. And I think that this will be the character that everyone falls in love with, because yes, he is Drax the Destroyer, but he has such a strong story. His family, according to this version, his family, so his wife and a child, I'm not sure if it was a boy or girl, uh, but his family is killed. And this is a story about him getting vengeance. So I think a lot of people will sympathize with him and really come around to Drax the Destroyer. And then there's Gamora. Zoe Saldana plays Gamora. And I have to say, she looks really weird. I know it's hard to say that someone looks okay or looks normal as a green alien, but even so, she looks weird. But I'm sure that she'll play it really well. Obviously, everyone knows her for playing in Avatar, and so I'm pretty sure she's going to nail this one. And then you had the two guys who didn't talk the entire trailer, and that was Rocket Raccoon and Groot. And I think that's what everyone was really wanting to see but they didn't show anything. They showed them both in action. There was a lot of that, but they didn't talk. Now, I'm not sure if maybe they just didn't have the voice work ready yet or whether they're trying to save that maybe for later or whether they're kind of trying to hide it. These two characters, specifically Rocket Raccoon, uh, it's going to be weird seeing a raccoon talking. It's going to be weird. Uh, so maybe they're just trying to hide that part until you go and see the movie, and so you don't prejudge it? I'm not sure. But there was a lot of talk about how they were kind of a package deal. That even Roman Day, he talked about how these guys have been traveling together, and that Groot was kind of this hired muscle, if you will, for Rocket. So we'll see how that goes. It might be kind of cool to see, you know, this little guy, and obviously this big guy, and how they team up together, and form one mega person, if you will, and if you get that reference, you're awesome. And then, of course, there was Chris Pratt playing Peter Jason Quill, and they made it very clear that they wanted him to be called Jason. I'm not sure what's the point of that. Everywhere else, he's known as Peter Quill, but they want him to go by his middle name, but he looked awesome, like he was ripped out of the comics. Speaking of ripped, as I talked about last show, they showed more of this guy with the shirt off, and I'm not trying to be weird, but he looked awesome. 
Uh, I thought it was CGI. <laughs> I really did. But then when they kind of panned around, you're like, wow, that, that's really him. I'm not sure if all of it is him. Maybe they added a little bit of muscle there. But the guy is pretty strong. And he looks the part and he acts the part. He did great as like this guy from the 80s. You know, he was all about his headphones. Don't mess with his headphones. Kind of a snarky character. He's kind of a funnier, goofier Tony Stark. About the plot, not much was talked about. There wasn't a whole lot of plot that was shown. There was this one thing that was shown, and it's pretty obvious that Guardians of the Galaxy, they get caught by the Nova Corps, and then sent to prison, and then somehow they break out. And at that breakout scene, it looks like, it looks like Nebula shows up so I'm not sure if she helps or if she is coming to kill them and that's why they break out. I'm not sure. Uh, but then the big thing that was shown right off the bat was Peter Quill finding this orb, which is a possible space gem. I'm not sure which one it is or what it does or even if it's really it, but it looked like they were trying to build up that this orb was very important. And there's been some talk before the trailer came out that it would be an orb would be the main focus of this movie that they would be trying to get this thing and get it before Thanos gets it but overall this trailer was awesome it was really cool the visuals look amazing and it's funny it's a light-hearted movie it looks like it just looks like a really good time so I'm looking forward to it hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you thought let's move on to some other news that has come out lately Jai Courtney uh, has been cast as Kyle Reese in the new Terminator reboot, starring Amelia Clark, uh, who will be playing Sarah Connor, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger playing his old role of the Terminator. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Jai doesn't seem like that great of an actor, to be honest. I didn't see uh, A Good Day to Die Hard, but I heard it was terrible and that he was terrible in it. I'm not sure if I really like that, but it's news. And one big rumor that's going around, and I'm not sure if there's any truth to it, but Jack Rayner apparently is being said that he's been cast in Star Wars Episode 7. So hopefully we'll be seeing in a couple weeks some casting news from that. They're supposed to start production here in May. And that brings us to our new segment called What the Poop? And this week, we're looking at Shia LaBeouf. If you don't know who he is, he started off really on Nickelodeon, on the TV show Even Stevens, where he played a pretty goofy guy, really funny kid. And then he went from that to starring in movies like Holes, which is one of my favorite movies. It's just a really fun story. And then what everyone knows him for is, of course, the Transformer movies, where he spends so much time going, no, 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 and telling robots to get off his yard. But if you haven't known lately, he's been going crazy. He got caught up in a little bit of a scandal with plagiarism, where he said he was inspired by an idea but that idea was someone else's property, uh, in other words, plagiarism. <laughs> and he got caught with it, and he said he was sorry, and now he's starting this camp called I'm Sorry, and he showed up to his new movie, which is gross, and it's a gross name, so I'm not even going to say it, but he showed up to the premiere of that movie with a paper bag on his head that had the words painted, I'm not famous anymore. All right, Shia LaBeouf. What the poop? That's like Lindsay Lohan level explosion. Who actually does that? That's insane. And then to make matters even worse, he did that 
And then he had some kind of like art exhibit in Los Angeles where people could line up and they lined up for hours and sat there for hours in this line uh, waiting to come into a room and they had whatever time they wanted just to sit down with Shia LaBeouf just across the way from him at a table and Shia LaBeouf had that paper bag on his head and he just sat there he didn't say anything he wouldn't even react uh, well he would lean in for a hug they said right but he wouldn't say anything and so I don't know if you saw the video that was up on YouTube from Screen Chunkies the host's name is Hal Rudnick he went in and he took a video and it was so weird and so creepy goes into this place after hours of waiting and there he is sitting there with the bag on his head how Rudnick takes the bag off and it's Shia LaBeouf and it looks like he's crying and he's not saying anything and how Rudnick is asking him questions and it's just the weirdest couple minutes it's it's like a train wreck you're just like oh my goodness but at the same time you're staring at it and you can't look away but this guy has gone crazy I don't know what happened to this guy even Hal Rudnick, he was asking that, you know, what happened from even Stevens, from that being that awesome kid, to now, and you're just doing all these weird things and making weird movies and doing all kinds of just weird stuff. I'm not sure what happened to him. Uh, obviously, drugs are somewhere in there. I don't know if this is some kind of ploy to get more famous. I don't know if you can get more famous. Everyone knows who he is. It's just super weird. It is weird in a cape. It is super weird. And to Shia LaBeouf, we say, what the poop? No more. All right, let's move on to TV. All right, news broke out this afternoon about uh, casting for the forthcoming series on Fox called Gotham. This news is pretty fresh. All right, Jada Pinkett Smith has been cast as a villainous mob boss named Fish Mooney. That is a new character that has been made specifically for the TV show. Uh, we don't have anyone named Fish Mooney in the comics, but she is going to be kind of the puppeteer of this crime family, it seems like, going to be running the show in Gotham. It was said that she's going to be more behind the scenes. And we'll probably see characters like the Penguin on a more episode-to-episode -episode basis as really the plot devices, if you will, that keeps this story going, that keeps Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon or whatever they're going to give his position at the time busy and give them something to do on the show. At first when I heard this, a little upset because there's such a rich history with Batman comics with mob bosses. There are so many that you could have gone to but they instead created a new character. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited about this. It's interesting to see a woman place at the top of the mob bosses as really the head of the family kind of a thing. So we'll see how that works on the show. I know I'll be watching it, and this makes me a little bit more excited about it. All right, from Gotham, we go to the stars, and we have some more characters that have been announced from Disney uh, regarding the Star Wars Rebels series that's going to be coming out this fall. We've already heard about Freddie Prince Jr. and that he's going to be playing this Jedi cowboy character, as they've been talking about him, named Kanan. This guy survived Order 66 and is somewhat more of a relaxed Jedi, more suited for this universe. From the little snippets that they put online, it seems like he's more of a Han Solo than he is an Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I'm excited about that. 
it's awesome to have someone who actually loves the Star Wars universe working in Star Wars. And Freddie Prince Jr. is a huge Star Wars nerd. So when he actually came up uh, to the audition not knowing exactly what he was auditioning for, and when they told him it was Star Wars, he said that he actually left the room. He had to compose himself and then come back in. And he was like, all right, I really want this job. So that's really cool. I'm sure he'll do great. Another character that they've announced is called Ezra, who is this younger kid, this boy, and he seems kind of like an Aladdin kind of character, like a street rat. They describe him as a force-sensitive, street-smart kid, and it seems like this rebel alliance, this agenda of the rebels, comes for Ezra. He doesn't go out and look for it. He doesn't have something against the Empire, at least not right off the bat. But this hits home, if you will, in that if you've seen some of the stuff that's been coming out, some of the clips, there's that TIE fighter that crashes down. I'm sure that he's probably involved with that, whether that means it crashes and he finds it, or if it crashes after destroying his town or something. I'm not sure. But he he's definitely just living life, and then this whole bigger universe kind of crashes in on him. Uh, it's it's kind of It's kind of funny, too that they describe him as always taking helmets from the Empire. So if he finds, you know, a stormtrooper that's dead or something or hurt, he'll take his helmet just because he thinks it's really cool. I think that's awesome because that's what I would do if I was a kid running around and I saw stormtroopers. I'd be like, yes, I will take that, please. And then I would wear it all the time and my mom would get mad at me and she'd say, take it off, it's dinner time. And I'd be like, no, mom. And my dad would slap me and say, you listen to your mother as he drinks. I'm just kidding. I have great parents. But yeah, I'd, I'd definitely take those helmets. Another character that they've announced is this character called Zeb. And Zeb's whole look is inspired by Ralph McQuarrie's early concept drawings of what Chewbacca would look like. Not a lot was actually said about him as a character. It was more about the design of him. But from what I've seen, just like even with his arms kind of crossed over and, and things like that, he kind of reminds me of Wildcat from DC Comics. I think he'll be a lot like that kind of a character, just kind of a gruff, tough, I'm going to take care of business but be super likable at the same time, that kind of character. And then one that was just announced actually today was a Mandalorian is coming to this show. For those of you who don't know, Mandalorians, that's uh, that's the race of Boba Fett. And as many people know, Boba Fett is like, is like the Star Wars character for nerds. If you want to make nerds happy, throw a Mandalorian and make sure that they're wearing that same kind of garb, the jetpack, the T-faced helmet, and you will have nerds watching that show. So I think they're kind of throwing this character in as more of a fan service. I mean, this is it's this girl, and she kind of looks like this punk rocker kind of character. Uh, they call her a graffitiist, so she sprays graffiti all over the place. Uh, her name is Sabin, or Sabin. Everybody was Sabin, Sabin, Sabin. I don't know. I think it's Sabin. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll like that character. Maybe I'll just think it's kind of it's kind of fan service and just maybe a little too much. We'll see. And then, of course, everyone's seen The Inquisitor which not a whole lot has come out about him. We don't know where he came from. 
Although I think it might have something to do with the lost episodes of Yoda that we're going to be seeing March 7th on Netflix. But I don't know. We'll see. It should be should be interesting to see. I'll give it at least a few episodes to start off. And if it doesn't catch my attention by then, I'll probably wait till Andrew, my son, is a little bit older and makes me watch him, basically. All right. Now on to the big thing with TV. As I said in the intro to the podcast, Arrow is an amazing show. It just is. And if you are not watching it, there is something horribly wrong with you. I'm talking eating dirt level wrong with you. Arrow is all about green arrow. Uh, the whole setting is just amazing. I'm going to just be talking about it just a little bit. And hopefully if you haven't seen Arrow after the next couple minutes, you will go and watch Arrow. And if you have watched Arrow, you'll remember why you love Arrow. It is an amazing show. The pilot is probably one of the best pilots of all time. And I don't say that just because I'm biased because I like comic books, but I say that in that it builds up the entire story. You cannot start watching Arrow and fully understand what's happening unless you have seen that pilot. It is essential. And that's what a pilot should be. It should be something that you have to know in order to get the show. But it starts off with Oliver Queen, and as everyone knows, Oliver Queen is Green Arrow. But before he becomes Green Arrow, he is lost. He is uh, shipwrecked and then lost at sea and then winds up on an island, and he's there for five years. We don't know exactly what happened all during that time on the island. All we see are snippets and flashbacks, but since, since that pilot, we've learned a lot about the island, but I'll get to that in a minute. He comes back from the island, and he comes to Starling City, and he comes with an agenda. He comes because his father was part of something in the city that was destroying it. And it was up to Oliver to right his wrong, to save his city. So the first episodes are really about him just taking out people on a list that his father gave him. And he flat out murders them. He kills them, which... At first, I was like, what? And then I kept on watching, and I was like, this is pretty cool. I mean, when he saves the city, he really does. <laughs> He's not going to let these guys off the hook. And as he does this in the first season, he starts building these alliances. Uh, there's this character named Diggle, uh, who, who starts out as his bodyguard and his driver, and then becomes his friend, and really eventually becomes his conscience, really. Because after all these years on the island... He has become numb, and he needs someone to help him with just, like, the ethics of what he is doing. You know, on the island, his only thought was really to survive. And now he's in the city, and his only thought is to save it. And so he needs someone to be thinking about the other things to help him. And Diggle becomes that character, and he's just awesome. He's kick-butt, a former army ranger. And Diggle isn't just a driver. He is the whole package. He is an awesome character. He has a lot of depth. There's a lot of hurt and tragedy in his past, but he also is kind of like the omniscient character on the show. There's On a good TV show, there's always a character that kind of represents the audience that says, you know, like, whoa, all this stuff is happening. This is crazy. Like in Walking Dead, there was Dale and Herschel. They were kind of like the audience in on the show. That's what Diggle is for Arrow. And then there's Felicity, who is a tech genius and a hacker and helps Arrow as he goes on this mission to save the city. 
and he needs a lot of help uh, tracking people down, hacking security systems, and she does all of that, and also grounds Oliver as a character. All of the interactions between those three, um, what a lot of Arrow fans call the trinity of the show, uh, all of those interactions are amazing. I could watch a whole show of just them talking about what they're planning on doing. I don't, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but there is so much backstory to each one of these characters and to the whole show in general. And, you know, we're still finding out. We found out what happened basically on year one of this island, but we're still finding out more and more about what happened on the island, what happened to Oliver, what changed him from this snobby, spoiled, pretentious jerk of a guy and took him from that into what we know as Green Arrow. What happened on that island? And it's cool to see that. Every episode we're seeing flashbacks and just little things are mentioned and we're just like, oh, that's amazing. That's so awesome. And we're wondering what's going to happen in real time and what's going to happen on that island. It builds mystery and mystery is fun in a TV show. So there's a lot of backstory in Arrow, which is fun. And then there's tons and just tons of action. I mean, he's running around all the time, shooting arrows like crazy. He's doing those ninja pull-ups that you just have a bar and you just go up and up and up with that bar. And all of that, or at least most of it, is Stephen Amell. One of the first things I told my wife when we watched the pilot together was, that's all him. I mean, you could see his face as he's doing all this parkour stuff. And running around and doing all these push-ups and those ninja pull-ups and all that kind of stuff. It's all him. And that follows through on the show. It just makes everything more believable. When you don't have just, oh, you saw the back of his head. You saw his face actually go and do that. And the same thing with this new character that they've added in Season 2, Roy Harper. They're doing all these action sequences and it's fun to watch. And then, of course, as a comic book show. You know, he's taking out bad guys, so he's fighting a bad guy nearly every week. So there's tons of action. So if you just like action-y TV shows, this is good for you. You don't have to be a comic nerd to really love this. But if you are a comic nerd, you will love it even more. <laughs> they, they're just constantly throwing out stuff just for fans of DC. It's just been fun. On, on the pilot, on the island, in the first... I think it was like in the first like three minutes. What do they show on the island? It's Deathstroke's mask with an arrow through it. That's incredible. That gripped me right off the bat. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be watching this. That's so cool. And there's tons of villains from the comic books. And Deathstroke has become a bigger character. And he's a huge part of the show and really one of the big bad guys of the show. They have Roy Harper coming in and just little things like... When Green Arrow was coming to say, and this is pretty recent, so it might be considered spoiler-ish, but whatever. When Green Arrow came to Roy Harper and said, hey, I want to help you become part of my team, essentially, he got his attention by shooting an arrow. What color was it? It was red. That's awesome. We've had characters like Bronze Tiger on the show. Deadshot is on the show. Huntress is on the show. Black Canary is on the show. Ra's al Ghul has been mentioned on the show. The League of Assassins is on this show. They just brought in Amanda Waller 
and she's talking about building a suicide squad. All of these awesome characters are on the show, and they don't make any apologies for it. It's not like, oh, we have to mention this character because, you know, it is a comic book property. They do it because they find it interesting, and it makes us interested in the story. And the biggest thing of all is Barry Allen. They introduced him just a couple episodes ago as a scientist, and the episode was called Scientist. But he came in, he helped Arrow on a case, he goes back to Central City. He wants to go to the opening and the premiere, really, of this particle accelerator. He's not able to go, so he goes back up to his loft. And as you look around the loft, it looks a lot like a certain comic. There's all kinds of liquids and tubes. It's a lab kind of thing. And Barry sees something weird. There's kind of an explosion that happens over where the particle accelerator is located. And he goes up to his window and he kind of lowers this metal shade. And he wants to see what's happening because there's some kind of reaction in the sky. He's not sure what's going on. So he opens this up. And what happens? Now, in a lot of TV shows, they would jot it up to something else. They would make apologies like crazy for all the crazy, unbelievable, stupid things, the silly things in comics. But this show has the most important things about the comics brought into the show. And so Barry Allen, he gets electrocuted and all these chemicals react, and he goes into a coma right off the bat. He gets shocked by this, obviously, and he goes into a coma, and you see these kind of sparks of red in his body. That's comic books, guys. That's awesome. And that's what Arrow is all about. It's about bringing the comics to life, these things that we actually care about, bringing them to TV and entertaining us like crazy. Arrow is the best show on TV now. I really believe that. It's my favorite after Sykes' cancellation. It is amazing. And that brings me to Psych. This one hurts my heart, guys. It really does. But Psych is over. That amazing and brilliant show that has been on for the last eight seasons has come to an end. It's hard to admit it, but it's over. So we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there's been talk about a spinoff with just Sean and Gus, and maybe this new character that they just introduced, kind of a love interest for Gus, but we don't know. And with the future of USA now uh, in jeopardy, really, you got, you know, obviously Monk is gone, but Burn Notice is over, Psych is now over, White Collar is in limbo, and so is even Suits, which I thought was doing great. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But it looks like USA is kind of turning over a new leaf. So I'm not sure if this spinoff will happen. And I'm kind of assuming that it won't. But this is kind of a really sad story. I love Sight. It's just a great show. It's something that Heather and I, my wife and I, can watch together and enjoy it and just laugh. And not really have to think about it. It's just a really fun show. And it's kind of sad that it's coming to an end. So, as some of you might know, I'm a very poetic soul. What? I decided to write a poem for Psyche, and really, I think it's more of an ode, but it goes a little bit something like this. Oh, Psyche, you were such a great show. Your cancellation gives me, oh, so much woe. I already know I will miss Sean and Gus. My heart hurts so much I think I could cuss, but I won't. 
Your clever puns and jokes always amused me. Remember that time you saw Despero when you went to ski? I'll miss Lassie's attempts to stop Sean. I'll miss his wits, his courage, and his brawn. Partly I blame this cancellation on Jules, sorry, for leaving for ABC a network of fools. Just check out Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I loved watching these two hilarious personalities as they solved so many crimes, usually involving fatalities. Sean, you definitely gave us all such a gift. And no, I'm not just talking about the template for a facelift. Your crime-solving powers always absolutely amaze. To which you say, I've heard it both ways. Burton Guster, I think I'll miss you the most. Especially the episode you thought Sean was a ghost. Psych your bits and jokes, they never fell flat. One last thing I'd like to say is that I hear that. Behold my glory. We'll miss you, psych, but we'll always have Netflix, assuming that they keep the rights. All right, that brings another episode to a close. No! But don't worry. It's okay. Chin up, kid. We'll be back with another episode very soon. But until then, would you please rate this show? Give us a five-star rating. I'll read you on the show. You'll get famous, I'm telling you. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter at TRS Podcast. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Dean Lentini. So that's it. Join us next time when I get bit by a radioactive spider and turn into a horse jockey named Toby McGuire.